The Marijuana Solution would like to remind you to check out our sponsors after the podcast. We're going to have links to them in the description. Our sponsors are Trulieve, Sunshine Cannabis, The Smart Collective, Minorities for Medical Marijuana, and We Are Rare. Don't forget to check out those links in the description. And if you haven't done so already, go ahead and subscribe. Leave us a review. We're Florida's first licensed medical cannabis dispensary with locations all throughout Florida, and we deliver all throughout Florida next day. We have the largest selection of products within the allowable delivery methods. Truly products are hand-grown in an environment that keeps it as natural as possible at every turn. We don't use pesticides and we lab test our products and those lab tests are published on our website. So you can be confident at the medication that you're putting into your body. Our favorite products are our vaporization lines, our True Pod, our True Clear is a patient favorite. And we also just recently launched True Flower for patients that want the full entourage effect. At Truly, we're really proud to offer the largest variety to patients, and we're really excited about the future and all of our patients that are helping us expand and grow and make our products even better. Visit our website at www.trulieve.com to find out where all of our dispensaries are located, shop online, learn more about our products, or find a doctor if you haven't gotten started in the medical cannabis process. Hello everyone, you're listening to The Marijuana Solution, and I'm your host, Robert Roundtree. And this episode, we're speaking with a very special guest and a good friend of mine, Chris Sunshine, founder of Sunshine Cannabis. Uh, for those of you that have been following the cannabis industry over this last decade, you're well aware of him, you're well aware of Sunshine Cannabis, uh, but just to bring you up to speed real quick, if you don't know who he is, he is probably the best breeder I know, the best cannabis geneticist I know, and he's been growing for a very long time and brings decades of experience to the game. He is also on the board of Regulate Florida and involved with many community organizations helping propel this industry forward and keep it transparent and make sure everybody's included, patients and businesses. How are you doing today, Chris? I'm shining bright, brother. I'm shining bright today. Good, man. That's the only way to shine. Somebody's got to do it. We do it. We do it. And we love doing it. And uh, we love lighting up the darkness. We want to free this plant for everybody out there. And we want to make sure everybody has a right to home grow. And everybody has a right to start a business. And that's, uh, that's a goal that will, will not be left behind. I'm going to do everything in my power. And uh, nothing's going to stop us. Nobody no entity, no law, no government. We're going to keep fighting until we get it. And that's something that you've been doing your whole life um, as a grower, um, as somebody teaching classes for people wanting to get into the industry and the movement prior to A2, uh, back around the time when we met. Can you bring everyone up to speed, maybe a real quick few minutes of who Chris Sunshine is, why cannabis is important to you, um, and then we'll take it from there. Sure, sure. Well, uh, it's an interesting story why cannabis is so important to me. It started when I was a, um, when I was actually a young teenager and my, um, my father got diagnosed with, um, with cancer from smoking cigarettes. And, um, you know, I come from a, a middle-class family, you know, I wasn't born with a silver spoon in my mouth. I, I didn't grow up in a ritzy neighborhood. You know, I didn't drive a, Corvette as a teenager or anything, you know, my, my mom was a bookkeeper and my dad was a plumber. 
And um, unfortunately, he um, he got cancer. And at the time, you know, I um, of course I was growing up. It was the '90s, and um, you know, cannabis was really popular. You know, I read High Times. I was always trying to grow pot plants in my backyard. You know, and we were um, we were just seeing Crippy. You know, all my buddies were surfers, and and the movement was kind of just taking off. You know, and California was um, was starting to be in the in the headlines and the news, and and there was a big interest in cannabis and my dad needed it. And, um, unfortunately due to the laws and due to the restrictions on, on the plan, lack of access, and also just my age, you know, and, and resources at the time, you know, we couldn't really get it for him. And, um, the doctors, the oncologist had even recommended cannabis for him and, you know, kind of off the record, he kind of whispered it. And, um, it was interesting because, you know, my, um, my family, you know, they didn't, they didn't smoke weed, you know, and my dad didn't really even drink. He's a really hardworking guy and a, and a good man. And uh, unfortunately, he succumbed to, can- uh, succumbed to cancer and I lost him in, um, in 1996 and I was only 16 years old and it, um, it turned my whole life upside down, man. We, uh, we lost our house, but a fishing boat, uh, something I grew up doing down here in Florida, you know, South Florida, where, where I was born and raised, um, pretty much fished my whole childhood. And um, we lost our boat. Um, I didn't even finish high school. I got my GED out of ninth grade and I was in gifted class. I was, um, you know, 99th percentile had always scored out really high, you know, IQ test and all that stuff. But, um, I had plans. I had big plans. I wanted to be a doctor. You know, I wanted to go to college. I wanted to be a doctor. And, um, unfortunately we lost my dad. I went to work full time at an internet company. Um, actually when I was 17 and, um, you know, from there on, it was uh, it was kind of a personal quest of mine to free the plant. I, I got more and more involved and, you know, um, delved deeper into growing. And I uh, started really growing like full time, you know, for personal use and just just me and my my close friends and family. And um, that's kind of where it all began, you know, as a teenager and losing my dad. And um, High Times Magazine played a huge role for me. You know, I, I remember growing up and reading the articles from Ed Rosenthal and, um, you know, seeing all the uh, the new strains that were coming out, you know, from, from Sensi Seeds and, um, you know, Serious Seeds and all these original seed companies that started back then. And uh, it wasn't long after that that I started, you know, started ordering my first seeds on the Internet and uh, actually got some seeds in the mail from Europe. And they sent them to me in a... Um, in a CD case. That's how they used to send them under a music CD. And I'll never forget the, uh, the first CD that I got with some, uh, with some seeds under it. It was Jethro Tall and I still <laughs> have it somewhere. <laughs> My CD collection. So that's kind of where the story begins for me, uh, as, as a teenager growing up in South Florida. Awesome. Jethro Tall is probably hiding somewhere right now. Maybe he made it off with one of those beans. I don't know. Um, <laughs> There, you know, Europe was very uh, crafty with how they would get genetics into the country back then. Um, it's obviously changed a little bit, but speaking of genetics, you, you brought up something from the 90s um, and, and you mentioned Crippy. And before I forgot to ask you, I just want you to clarify one thing for everybody. And that is, is Crippy actually a strain, Chris? Absolutely. Absolutely it is. And we used to grow it. And um I will actually be releasing video of, of one of my first grows where we were growing the Crippy clone. 
And um, many, 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 many years ago, we, uh, you know, we actually took steps. I took steps personally to, um, to preserve those lines and, um, you know, to back them up genetically speaking. And I won't delve into that any further. You know, I, I currently do not grow. I'm not able to, you know, it's, it's not legal for me yet. But I can tell you that um, Crippy is still alive and well out there in, uh, you know, in seed form, in a legal state. And um, it, it definitely exists. Absolutely a real strain. And it, it is also synonymous with, um, you know, with kind bud, with, uh, with the highest grade cannabis. Because back then, you know, um, there, was, there was mids, regs, and crip. And that's pretty much what you had to choose from. This was really before, you know, named strains got um got popular in the market. People didn't know what they had. It was just, you know, it was either it was either regs, it was full of seeds. You know, sometimes you'd get the mids, you know, which were like the uh like Christmas bud, you know, the red hair, the oh, yeah. stuff. Um, you know, or or you'd have the kill, you know, and it was it was called Crip, Crippy, you know, Crypto, the Crippler. You know, it depends upon who you were hanging out with. You know, growing up in the '90s in South Florida, I hung out with the gangster kids, you know, the rappers, and I hung out with the surfer kids and the alternative kids and the goth kids, and I was like a chameleon, you know. And I was pretty much, you know, fishing and out catching alligators and water moccasins and taking care of my pot plants, you know. And that's what I did. And I uh, I started at a really young age, and I was fortunate, you know, never to get in trouble. I, I never did it, you know, really for for profit. Um, luckily, you know, I, um, I got into the internet early and I, you know, people may or may not know this about me, but I also was one of the pioneers of the internet and, um, you know, at one time owned some pretty incredible domain names and, uh, got started very early on. And because of my interest in growing, because of my interest in cannabis, because of my interest in legalization, I pursued some of the biggest domain names, um, you know, in the industry that, that I at one point owned or, or owned with business partners. And that's the way I always made a living, you know, pay taxes and have tax returns to show it. And, you know, I, I worked, I worked very hard and I'd be up all night long, um, you know, either taking care of my plants or, or working on domain deals and on the internet. <laughs> so luckily I was able to pay my bills that way, you know, and, and never had to really sell. I never really sold cannabis to me. It didn't really represent money. You know, it represented, um, freedom for me and just, um, you know, fit in with my personality. I've always been a freedom fighter. I've always believed in, you know, in your liberty and in your right, you know, to a plant and, and holistic medicine. And for me, it's not just cannabis. You know, I, I have a, a broad interest in, in natural medicine, whether it be turmeric, cannabis, ginger, cayenne, you know, there's so many different things. And cannabis is one spoken at wheel of wellness and uh, preventative medicine. So, you know, for me, I don't really see it as, as dollar signs, but I do see it as a bridge to make money today in, you know, in an industry that has evolved, you know, there is, you know, the, the cannabis, which I owned, I actually was the owner of cannabis.com at one point, um, which is now sold. And, um, good friend of mine actually bought it. It, uh, it now goes to Gondrepreneur. So if anyone out there wants to visit cannabis.com, take it right to Gondrepreneur and, uh, great site but um yeah gondrepreneur actually yeah, is a good site i know the guy who who runs that i've done some things with him online before they put out good stuff yeah he's a good buddy of mine and um you know cannabis is an amazing plant i mean um imagine if you were just to discover this plant today you know if you were just to pop up and say hey look what i got it can cure cancer and you can make fiber and fuel and all these incredible things i mean you'd be a hero you know you would literally um win a Nobel Peace Prize. 
but it's been demonized. You or know, you'd be and, dead um, like a natural medicine doctor. Right, right. Well, that's true too. That's why we <laughs> they claim gun all the same too. things. <laughs> we support gun rights too here in Florida. So, um, Absolutely. yeah, man, you know, it, it's, um, it's amazing that people still can grow this plant in the privacy and the safety and security of their own home. And that's one of the reasons that I'm a board member and fighting so hard with Regulate Florida so that we can legalize cannabis and that everybody can have the right to grow their own plants because it is absolutely unthinkable that you're a patient in Florida and you can't grow your own medicine. You know, not everybody makes a ton of money every year. You know, there's a lot of people who are on fixed incomes. There's a lot of people who can't get the medicine that they need. And the fact that they can't grow their own plants at home and use the, you know, the natural amendments or fertilizers they want or, or grow it hydroponically, you know, with, with synthetic salt fertilizers, if they want, whatever they choose to do, it's a basic fundamental human right. And it really pisses me off. I'm angry about it. It eats me up inside. There's a fire in me that burns and it burns 24 seven that this plant is not legal and that people can't grow it. And, um, that's our primary goal right now. My primary mission is not getting a license to grow, um, you know, and, and sell commercial cannabis with sunshine cannabis. That's, that is, that's second or third on my list. First is getting regulate Florida pass. We have to raise the money. We have to get the signatures. We cannot leave anybody behind. There's too many people out there who cannot even get a card and be a patient. And, and that's unacceptable for me because when we were fighting for amendment two, when I was out there holding signs and get petition signed and, and I was giving money, you know, and I was, I was a part of all of that. I mean, I, I was an integral part of United for care and volunteered and, and I fought that fight, you know, day and night, 365 days a year until we got it done. And, um, I actually lost, I lost my fiance over it. Um, you know, my ex that I was with for over eight years that I, that I loved dearly. And, and I had an incredible, incredible relationship with, and I still love and always miss and care about. And, uh, you know, we're friends now we've parted, went our own ways, but I, I lost my relationship over it because I put in so much time and energy and was just so engulfed and, and overwhelmed with it. And, uh, that was a price that I, you know, that I had to pay. And luckily, you know, we did finally pass Amendment 2 the second time around. It was a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. It was a lot of our advocates and activists, um, you know, that, that you still see and, and know of. Um, pretty much everybody on the board of Regulate Florida was there fighting on the front lines. And now that we've passed Amendment 2 and, um, you know, we've got Regulate Florida on deck and we've got like 40 or 50,000 signatures now, we're getting really close to Supreme Court review. You know, we're, we're not going to be stopped. I mean, this is, this is just this is another brick in the wall, you know, and, um, we're going to work tirelessly, you know, all, all these shirts, everybody knows our shirts, you know, they're, they're famous now. I mean, I would go so far as say globally. And I think probably there's people in every state in the country wearing a, a tie dye sunshine cannabis shirt. You know, I've, I've spent the money on those shirts out of my own pocket. I've never made a penny. There's never been any profit made at this point. Sunshine cannabis is, is a humanitarian effort for me. And I've probably spent close to, you know, I, I would say easily $100,000 of my own hard-earned money in the last year or so. Um, just getting shirts out to people, hats. You know, usually we don't make, make any profit on those things. Any things that I do sell or, you know, or, you know, or donations come in for these items, they go to Regulate Florida. And um, that's our primary goal and mission. And, and we can't leave our businesses behind either. You know, it's not just about a patient. I mean, patients definitely are number one, but businesses matter too. 
you know, and you can't leave out that element and you can't leave out the job creation for Florida and you can't leave out the tax revenue for our state. Look at all the incredible, amazing things that have happened in Colorado. That model works and regulate Florida is patterned right after Colorado. And I think that it is, um, is a necessary step in the, in the evolution of, of our state and of this industry. And, um, you know, it's a necessary step for everybody to get the medicine that they need or, you know, just because they want to enjoy themselves and they want to feel good and they want to use it as an alternative to alcohol or, or maybe prescription pills. You know, there's nothing wrong with, with enjoying yourself and, and smoking a joint after a hard day at work. You know, and the fact that this plan has been demonized, the fact that this has been made illegal, the fact that the state of Florida has created this, you know, this system of um, restrictions and monopolies. You know, it, it doesn't, it's not okay with us. It's not okay with Sunshine Cannabis. It's not okay with Chris Sunshine. And it's not okay with Regulate Florida. And we are going to fight and we're going to free this plant. And we're going to make sure everybody can have a horizontal business. You know, uh, small businesses deserve a right to compete in this market, to get a license, you know, to have craft cannabis, to have a seed bank, to sell clones, you know, to, to make extracts, do delivery. All of these things have to be available to us in Florida. I mean, we're, we're home to probably the most entrepreneurs in the country. And, and myself, I'm an entrepreneur, you know, and I want this opportunity. And absolutely, we're going to have sunshine dispensaries. They're going to be everywhere in the state. We may franchise it out. I may just give people franchises. You know, I mean, we, we, are, we are sunshine state. You know, we're the sunshine state brand. And, and I love Florida. Florida is my home. I have so many friends and people I know that moved away, people that were in the, you know, in the seed business and other breeders, and they took off for California and Colorado and Washington, and I stayed behind. And I, um, you know, I put my business, I put my dreams and my profits and money and all those things that I could have been doing out West. I put that on hold to, to be here in, um, in the state where I was born and that I love. And that's what we're all about. You know, that's what Sunshine Cannabis is. And we are Florida's homegrown brand. Right on. Um, so I've got a couple questions now. Sure. First off, I would like to ask you, since we ended up about the, you know, the home home brand, Sunshine Cannabis, the homegrown brand in Florida, can, can you kind of bring people back to the moment in time when uh, Chris Sunshine was coming up with brands and ideas for that next entrepreneurial step into the cannabis industry? And, and why you came up with Sunshine Cannabis? Sure, no, that's a, that's a great question. And um, it's funny because I was thinking about this the other day, I was thinking about the exact moment that I came up with the brand. And, um, you know, I've got a lot of background in marketing and, and advertising and domain names, obviously. It's no secret that I, at one point in time, owned weed.com. I was the owner of weed.com. And, um, you know, that was incredible. Not, not many people out there can say that they owned weed.com. So, um, you know, it was important to me to pick something that was, was monumental, it was scalable, you know, that wasn't limited um, to just one county, you know, or just one city. You know, I was born in Broward and I grew up in Palm Beach County and um, my initial brand that I first was thinking about was actually like Palm Beach. You know, so I was thinking like Palm Beach Cannabis or, you know, Palm Beach Buds. And I was focused on Palm Beach. And then I, I stopped myself and, and, and I had like this epiphany and I said, wait a minute. I said, we're the sunshine state. And I was like, what is the absolute best possible brand that exists in this space? You know, what, what really says it all? Um, 
you know, how, how can I really do Florida justice and, and give credit to our state, you know, and, and eventually, um, you know, do all the things that I want to do here in this industry. And, um, it just popped in my head. I, I was looking out my, um, my sliding glass door, you know, the sun was, the sun was kind of setting off in the West and there's a pretty clear view from my backyard. And I saw the sun and it was just, it just, you know, it was just one of those moments in time. And it, it just popped in my head and it was sunshine cannabis. And from that moment on, I knew, and, um, it was kind of cemented, you know, from that point moving forward. And then I, I, you know, jumped online. I grabbed all the domain names. Of course, someone had sunshinecannabis.com. A guy over in Europe owned it. I bought it from him and, um, he said, what do you want to do with it? You know? And I said, well, I said, you know, I'm in Florida, I'm starting a company and we're working on legalization here for, for medical cannabis. And, um, of course at the time, you know, we thought everybody was going to be able to get a license. We didn't think that, you know, the, the government and the legislators were going to, you know, twist, um, and butcher amendment two, like, like has been done at this point. But, you know, that was, that was definitely a, that was a day that was a, a, a historical day where I believe I came up with, um, you know, what, what will one day be a very legendary brand and, and a movement, you know, we're not just a brand, we're a movement. I mean, we've, we've empowered this movement since early on. We've definitely rallied people, you know, we've got people excited. We've got people involved. We've made people a part of our family. You know, we have thousands and thousands of supporters out there, the entire sunshine fam. It's, um, it's everybody, you know, from doctors, lawyers, um, you know, growers, black market guys, you know, patients, dispensaries, you know, dispensary owners. I mean, you name it there. The sunshine fam is so broad and so diverse and we are Florida, you know, we are Florida cannabis and that's what sunshine cannabis is. And, um, we're going to keep shining. We're going to shine brighter and brighter and brighter. And there's no, um, you know, there's no stopping us because we're a movement at this point. Oh, it's like a freaking freight train that's coming for him. Uh, Let's dig a little bit deeper. Um, I would like to know, actually, hold on. Let me back all this up. I was trying to bring everyone up to speed and kind of recap some of the stuff that uh, you've alluded to, but the state of Florida cannabis right now, we just had two recent courtroom wins. Joe Redner won his right to home grow, automatic stay, and appeal. John Morgan just won right for everyone to be able to smoke cannabis legally automatic stay on appeal uh, lots of restrictions in the Florida medical marijuana program right now and in spite of all of that the Sunshine State and the residents of the Sunshine State are signing up for the medical marijuana program in record numbers faster than any other program in history we just hit a hundred thousand patients you mentioned job creation and the jobs that regulate Florida is going to bring it's going to make what I'm about to say pale in comparison but Florida's had roughly 500 percent job growth in cannabis jobs in this very very restricted medical marijuana program we have where only a handful of people have licenses and that's why people are so passionate like Chris and why issues like uh, the next step mean so much because we need to start planning for this now because if we leave it up to the legislature it's going to be 2050 before we get our right to grow our own medicine and that's why regulate florida is so important 
uh, because it's the only petition, and there's been some new ones getting posted online, it's the only petition that will protect patients, it will protect businesses, and it will protect the average everyday citizen that just wants to go out and purchase a little cannabis every now and then and not have to worry about going to jail. Uh, Chris, can you kind of go deeper into why Regulate Florida is so important right now? Well, Regulate Florida, I mean, um, it's common sense. You know, a, a lot of people out there understand the importance of regulating a commodity. Okay, some people say, oh, cannabis, you know, regulate it like a tomato. Well, it's not a tomato. And, and to say that is disrespectful to this plant. To say that is to, is to sweep under the rug all of our knowledge about it, you know, all, all of the health benefits of cannabis, the fact that it kills cancer. Cannabis kills cancer, okay? It's not a mystery anymore. It's not a tomato. Tomatoes don't kill cancer. Lettuce doesn't kill cancer. This is an important plant. This is a commodity. Water is important. You need water to live. Air is important. Air quality is regulated. Water is regulated. These are important things for, for our health, for our community, for our society. Cannabis is also. It should be regulated. It should be protected. Our rights should be protected. We can't leave it up to the legislators. We can't let them butcher a law that has, you know, no framework in it, like some of these other measures out there that people are trying to push, you know, on, on the unknowing activists in the community who haven't really taken the time to read the details. You know, Regulate Florida is all laid out. It's written by advocates. It's, it's written by us, the cannabis community. It's all there. It's all spelled out line by line by line. It even protects your rights as a legal gun owner in Florida so that your rights are not infringed upon by, by legally using cannabis in the state of Florida. And, you know, that's a whole another issue in itself. Obviously, um, you know, there's job creation. There's the, the fact that right now, cannabis is a medicine. It's only available to, a, you know, a, a very select group of patients under, you know, a dozen qualifying conditions. And the state makes no tax revenue from that. And nor should it because, you know, medicine shouldn't be taxed. But think about how many hundreds of millions of dollars are at stake here that the state of Florida is losing because of the black market. And that black market is unregulated. And people are buying moldy pot. People are buying cannabis that has been treated with pesticides, with toxic fungicides, with, with you know, plant growth regulators, PGRs. It, it's not regulated. There's no safety measures in place. Okay, this is human life we're talking about. This is your kidneys, your liver, your brain, all of these these systems in your body and functions are affected by ingesting toxins and poisons from unregulated cannabis. Cannabis needs to be grown by a professional. It needs to be tested. It needs to be safe. People have the right to go to a store and purchase cannabis and know it's safe and, and know what they're buying and know where the hell it comes from and not something smuggled across the country in the back of somebody's trunk, you know, that could be grown by a cartel or something that, you know, in, in Mexico or in, in Southern California it's absolutely unthinkable that it's 2018 and, you know, law abiding, hardworking adults that, that have businesses and families are still being put in jail for a plan. I mean, what is this, the dark ages? This is insanity. So that's what regulate Florida represents. Regulate Florida represents common sense. You know, let's treat this like the commodity it is. Let's let adults use it legally. Let's have a framework. Let's pattern our law after Colorado. Let's make 
thousands and thousands of new jobs for Florida. Let's raise hundreds and hundreds of millions for the state and tax revenue. And let's all just sing kumbaya and rainbows and unicorns. I mean, you know, it's, it's really not that difficult. And, you know, obviously there's, there's a system here in the state of Florida where people getting arrested for cannabis is monetized. You know, there's, there's all of these, all of these functions in place for, you know, probation for first offender drug programs, you know, and, and that revenue is going to go away. Those people are going to need to, you know, find something else to do. There's, you know, there's, there's a lot of red tape in place right now. So I'm not going to pretend like it's going to be an instant transition and we're just going to snap our fingers and it's a utopia, you know, for, for cannabis in Florida, because that's not the case. But reality is, is that if we can raise all of this money through tax revenue for our state, think about all the infrastructure that needs fixed. Think about all the old roads and bridges and think about, you know, all of the, the aging infrastructures and utility, you know, lines and power plants and all these things that can, they can get grants from the state. All these things can, they can be funded from tax revenue. I mean, they made so much damn money in Colorado. They had to start giving it back to the taxpayers. Do you know that? You know that, don't you? Roger? I do. And and they also yeah, they had, to uh, they had it back to the people. Yeah, they also had their tourism increase from about twenty to thirty million to a hundred million. Florida gets a hundred million right. already every year. That's people, not right. dollars. And, everyone that's listening. Right. Florida will probably and, see and, half a billion people a year. Right now, we have thirty million it, residents. Right. When you count the snowbirds, um, everybody that left, like. Chris was talking about uh, some of his buddies back in the day to go west and pursue dreams or people that just moved because they didn't like being persecuted. They're coming back and they're coming to Florida. Cannabis industry professionals want to gain some new leads, make genuine business connections and get premier brand exposure. This is your opportunity. NCIA's new industry socials are coming soon to Portland, Maine, New Jersey, Pittsburgh, Baltimore, and Miami. Sponsorship opportunities available register today oh let the marijuana llama tell you something now about a game for your phone gonna make you say wow the game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash grow the seeds till the board put the savings in the stash little by little your empire grows large put the big celebrities inside your entourage you can choose to play with snoop or me or chichin chong cypress hill willie nelson with khalifa with a bong the name of the game is him pink that's the point download and play while you life yourself a joint the business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh yeah! Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crap channel. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Now available for pre-order through crowdfunding for just $14 plus $10 shipping. Pouches, premium mixing and rolling pouches allow you to carry and prepare your herbs for consumption with discretion and ease. These stylish pouches are handcrafted using strong zips, long-wearing buffalo leather outside, and smooth sheepskin inside. A portion of proceeds go to fund vital medical research into cannabis for ADHD. See a demo and get yours now on Indiegogo or Pouches.com. That's P-O-U-C-H-Z.com. The tax revenue Florida will generate is going to just smash anything that anyone else has done. and probably compete directly with California. Amen. No, it will. And remember, you know, I, and I use Colorado a lot because it's a very successful model and, and a lot of people, um, 
you know, started going to Colorado just because of the fact that they legalized, you know, adult use cannabis and, and it makes sense. And um, there's nothing wrong with making money. I mean, what, what are we talking about here? You know, because a lot of people, they, 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 there's a disconnect. They don't seem to get it. You know, they just don't seem to understand that making money and helping patients, you know, they're not mutually exclusive things. It, compassionate capitalism, that is definitely the, the phrase of the day, compassionate capitalism. You are in America. We have a right to own a business. We have a right to pursue our dreams. I want to make millions and millions and millions of dollars. Absolutely. 100%. And you know what? I'll help everyone that I can and everyone around me, everyone whose life I can touch, every patient I can help, every cancer patient who needs oil, we're going to give it to them. And that's what the cannabis industry enables you to do. This is, this is a very small window in time. We've got 5 million people in Colorado, okay? Their whole population, it's like 5.2 million people. We've got over 20 million people in Florida. Think about that. Think about how much bigger we are and think about how many people come here to relax, to retire. Think about our senior population. You know, cannabis is, is an incredible medicine it is a gift from the universe. It's a gift from God. It's a gift from nature. And, and we need to utilize this plant. We need to have hemp in Florida. We need to have these cottage industries. You know, we need to let people have their own craft cannabis companies. We need to let people get licenses. And, and we need to let people start living the American dream because that's what this really is. This isn't really about getting high. This isn't about smoking a joint with your buddies. You know, this, is, this, this represents so much more. This is this is a societal issue. You know, this is this is a humanitarian issue. And until we get these laws changed and until we pass regulate Florida, we will not stop. You know, I will not stop if I have to sell every emerald ring I wear and the clothes off my back to help fund it, I will do it. And and I will work tire, tirelessly with the team. I mean, we've got Michael Minardi who's just an incredible, incredible human being. And he's, he's got a passion and a fire in him like none that I've ever seen. And I mean, he gets, he gets so emotional about it. I mean, he literally cries when he talks about some of the people who have been arrested and, um, you know, some of his clients actually, you know, and just the, the atrocities that have happened to people over a plant. I mean, can you imagine going to prison and your life ruined and you're losing your job and you're, you know, taken away from your family, maybe you lose your home and your life savings because of a plant, because of this plant that comes out of the ground that was here before we even were on this earth. We were born and this plant was already here. This plant has been here for, I mean, tens of thousands of years. This plant originated in China. You know, this plant was grown in the Himalayas. It, it, it predates man. It's found, it's found in, in the Egyptian tombs. It's found in ancient, you know, pharmacopias. It's, it's an incredible plant and I love it. And I love touching it. I love working with it. I love breeding cannabis. I love, you know, preserving land race cannabis strains and using them to create new F1 hybrids and inbred lines. And, you know, that's something that I did for over 20 years here in Florida. And, and I'm not afraid to talk about it anymore. And I'm not afraid to be in the closet. And I'm not afraid to hide in the shadows anymore. And I lived like that for too long. And I lived in fear. And I don't live in fear anymore. And although I can't grow right now as much as I want to, I know that when we pass Regulate Florida, I'll be able to grow again. And I'll be able to share genetics with everyone. And people will be able to, you know, 
share their cannabis with their friends and people will be able to gather peacefully and, and smoke cannabis legally as adults in Florida, go into a store, go into an establishment, pick out the strain they want, buy it, know that it's clean, know that it's tested, you know, know that it doesn't have pesticides. It's not full of some kind of toxic mold. You know, that that's an incredible thing. And, and just imagine getting diagnosed with cancer. Imagine going for a, you know, a checkup and, and, you know, you've got some symptoms, you do some blood work, they call you, they say, hey, we're going to need you to go see an oncologist. Guess what? You've got cancer. And you don't have access. You don't have access to whole flower. You don't have access to RSO. You got to go to the black market, you know, and you got to go to the street. You got to risk imprisonment. You got to pay these, these, you know, very high prices. I mean, you're going to see the price of cannabis come down in Florida. That's just a reality. We're going to see, you know, right now, maybe as a, uh, an ounce of cannabis, you know, on the street, most people will probably pay, you know, $300, $325, something like that. You're going to see the prices come down in Florida. And what that's going to mean, that's going to be mean that people have more access. People are able to buy more medicine. People are going to be able to make RSO from their own plants, from their flowers that they grow at home, or that they can just legally buy. And all these, you know, all of these people out there who want to be in this industry, who want a job in the cannabis industry, regulate Florida is the answer. And it's going to allow you to, um, you know, to be an entrepreneur, to make your dreams come true and, and to pursue, you know, your, your endeavors in the cannabis industry and, and let Florida catch up to everyone else. Because the fact that we're in one of the largest populated states in the country and we're still literally decades behind California, to me, it's unthinkable. You know, and I've, I've sat back and I've, I've watched and gritted my teeth and clenched my fists, you know, and, and seeing all of these companies take off out West and all of these breeders, you know, start their big companies and, and, and grow cannabis and open dispensaries. And, you know, it does, it, it, it definitely burns me up inside the fact that, um, you know, we're still, we're still waiting and the clock is still ticking and years are going by. People are dying. Patients don't have access. People can't get it. Can't get a car. Their doctor won't give it to them or their doctor says, oh, I'm going to give you 10 milligrams of THC a day. I mean, it's ridiculous. You know, it's, they, they, they completely made a mockery out of amendment, out of amendment two, out of the law that we passed overwhelmingly 71.3%, a world record, the highest vote ever in the history of America for medical cannabis right here in the sunshine state. And we did that. We did that. I was a part of that. Sunshine cannabis was a part of that. Robert Roundtree was a part of that. All the advocates, all the people on the team, of regulate Florida were a part of that. And we need to make sure that those people still are spoken for. We need to make sure that we don't leave any business behind, no adult behind and no patient behind. And that's what we're going to do here in the sunshine state. And I ask everyone out there, please, I implore you go to regulateflorida.com, get involved, contact me. You can find me on Instagram where it's sunshine cannabis, you can go to regulateflorida.com. You can use the contact form. Um, you can contact Robert. Robert works closely with Regulate Florida. He's an integral part of the team. And we need your help. We need volunteers. We need donations. We're, you know, we're looking right now at a cost of about a dollar per signature. We got to raise close to a million signatures in the next it's under two years. We got left now uh, until, until 2020 to get this on the ballot so that everybody can vote for it. And we know that it's going to pass. There's already been early polls out about regulated adult use, and they're, they're polling way over 60%. Because in the state of Florida, you do need to get over 60% for a constitutional ballot initiative. And that's what this is. This will be made a, 
in you know a part of our law. This will amend the Constitution, just like Amendment Two, and it will be the regulated adult use of cannabis. It will allow you to get a license. It will allow you to legally use cannabis to buy cannabis, and um, it's going to change everyone's lives. You know, and and the beautiful thing about it is that the people who are working hard right now, you know, the early, the pioneers, companies like True Leaf, Certera, Pure Leaf. You know, they they've paved the way. You know, let's give some credit where credit is due. These people have stuck their necks out for everyone and they put together teams and funding and they're doing a damn good job and they're going to be there, too. And it's going to mean more customers for them. It's going to mean, you know, I I mean, I don't know. The numbers are are pretty staggering, but I would say, you know, probably at bare minimum, a tenfold increase, um, you know, like in the first year of customers for those dispensaries. And, and they deserve it. You know, truly was the first dispensary in Florida. And, um, you know, they're one of our petition partners. They actually just made a, um, you know, a pretty significant donation not long ago on 420. They did a $20,000 match. And um, I'm happy to announce that today we, um, we actually pledge most of that money to a, to a petitioning company. And we're going to be getting signatures for regulate Florida and all of the money is going directly into raising signatures to get this on the ballot and we need more money. It's going to cost us right now, early on, we can get them for about a dollar a signature and we need to raise at least a million dollars and we need the money. So if you're listening to this podcast, if you have the money, you want to be involved, if you can donate a hundred dollars, hundred dollars is going to get us a hundred signatures. If you can donate $10,000, you're going to get 10,000 signatures. If you can donate a hundred thousand dollars, it's going to get us a hundred thousand signatures. But as we get closer to 2020, the price of those signatures goes up because there's competing uh, initiatives, you know, and, and it's a lot harder and, and it's a time crunch and, and so on and so forth. And those signatures can go upwards of three or $4 each to get them collected. That's in addition to all the ones that we get collected, you know, and through volunteers and, you know, at events and things like that. But um, we need to get about a million signatures in total and we need to get over 70,000 to get to Supreme Court review and we're rapidly approaching that number. And um, we implore all of the dispensaries. If you're an MMTC, you know, if you're a principal with one of these companies, if you're a CEO, if you're listening to this, get on board. We have no exclusive partnerships with anyone. That's not how it works. Everyone is doing this together. Everyone's, com- you know, combining as part of the Sunshine Fam, as part of this movement. And we're going to get this passed for Florida for all of us, for the people who want to use cannabis the people that want to grow cannabis, the people that want to have businesses and for the licensees that already exist so that they can have the fruits of their labor as well on an even grander scale. And it's a win, win, win. It's a win for the state. It's a win for jobs. And it's really the only amendment that makes sense. And the only petition right now that, um, you know, I'm, I'm a pretty logical, intelligent being, and, and I can tell you that I've read all of them and by far regulate Florida is just, it's a, it's a home run for the state and for all the people. So I think that makes it pretty clear how I feel about it. What about you? How do you feel about it? I feel pretty damn good about it. Um, In the last two months, and you just talked about some of it, but we've received uh, multiple new petitioning partners, truly of all of their stores, Marijuana Doctor, all of their locations. Between the two of them, that is close to 30 locations around the state. Canna MD has come on board. Uh, Flora Grown, Joe Redner's company, they've donated some money. Relief Resources donated some money. Of course, Sunshine Cannabis donated Good. some money. I've donated shout, time shout and money. I mean, 
and the momentum seems to really be picking up these last um, c- couple of months, like the first part of the second quarter of this year. You know, it's oh, just it is. people are excited. I'm yeah, excited. I mean, it's I can really, it's it. really. I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, I'm pumped too. Um, but I'm pumped, man. I, I want to make sure, s- since you're a regular Florida board member, I, I want to make sure people um, understand some of the finer points to the petition because there's a lot of misinformation and disinformation out there what is the deal with growing at your house um the limits is it just six plants a lot of people think you can just grow six plants no it's six mature flowering plants per adult there's no limitation that we have built into it for seedlings and vegetative so what that means is that if you want a room full of mothers if you got trays full of clones you're growing from seed. Obviously, you're going to have male and female um, unless you're growing female seed. But it is a minimum of six plants that you're allowed. And right now, there's no provision. There's there's no language in there for canopy size. So you're talking if you want to grow six monsters. Uh, and a lot of people like the meme that, you know, that I put up on Regulate Florida on Facebook that shows the big, huge, giant plants. And there's nothing that would prevent you from you know, putting 50 gallon smart pots, putting six of them in a bedroom and under a thousand watt light over each plant and growing some monsters, some trees, you know, and pulling down pounds and pounds per plant. Um, most, most states with regulated cannabis for adult use, there is some number, you know, you have to start somewhere. Now that's not going to stop, um, you know, different counties from, from expanding on that number and allowing you to grow more potentially. But the one thing that that is true is that it's going to need to be indoors. It's going to need to be in a a greenhouse enclosed or it's going to need to be inside. It's going to need to be um, protected, obviously, from the public and from children. You know, not that it would hurt children, but just, you know, it's um, it's just it's a common sense thing, you know, and and that's also another problem with. um, yeah, I'll just say it specifically with, with the petition from Floridians for Freedom. The problem with, with the other petition is that um, it doesn't limit any anything as far as the as ages go, you know, and, and it leaves it wide open. You know, as far as the other petition is concerned, they want to just legalize it and then let kids have it. And, and we don't believe in that. We believe in, in 21 and older, uh, unless it's a medical, you know, situation, obviously, then then that would be up to the state and Obviously, the, um, you know, the medical program would still be in place and there's provisions for that already. But, um, you know, we believe in a regulated market for adults. We believe in, in secure indoor growing. That way you're protecting it from pests. You're protecting it from thieves. You know, you're protecting it from prying eyes and, and you know, the neighborhood kids won't get into it. So, yes, it needs to be indoors. It needs to be secure. And there are some initial limits. But, um, you know, like anything else. Um, all of those rules exist for a reason. We have to be able to actually get this passed. We have to get even people out there who don't support cannabis or, or know about it yet or uneducated. We have to get them to vote for it. So, you know, this, this has not been put together in haste. This has been carefully thought out and planned. And if I said to you, um, Robert, tomorrow after this passes and it's enacted into law, you can start some seedlings, start your, you know, your tray of seedlings, or you can get clones from your friend. You can start growing six female plants in your bedroom, put them in the flower, put them in big, you know, 25 gallon smart pots, 
put them in a hydroponic system, you know, put as much light in there as you want, CO2 tanks and different environmental controls. Would you say no to that? I mean, would you have a problem with that? Being able to grow whatever you wanted, whatever strains you wanted? I would have six plants flowering tomorrow. Everyone that's listening can think about how that would happen. Right. And, and, you know, as someone who's grown before and has got a lot of experience, a lot of different setups and, you know, different methods of growing. The cool thing about that is that you can perpetually harvest. It's not six plants a year. You're talking about, you know, cannabis strains, a modern cannabis strain, you know, you can vegetate it in, in two or three weeks, the flowering size from clone. And then you can flower and, and say, you know, 55, you know, maybe 60 days flowering period, depending upon what you're growing. There's, there's faster I'm, ones. I, I mean, mean, we used to grow. Not to cut you off, but I like doing it. If you're really boss, you could rotate a plant in and out a week and really, right. really almost have a perpetual harvest. Right. And, and, and how, I mean, what you do is you stagger it. Right. You stagger it so right. that you have a plant that goes in the flower, um, you know, and it's a weekend and then you put another plant in, it's two weeks in, and then you're, you're constantly harvesting. So you always have a fresh supply. And that's what people need to rem- remember is it's not just six plants. You know, a lot of people, they hear that number and they're like, oh, six plants, that's not enough for me. No, it's six plants at any given time. So you're perpetually harvesting. You got two or three adults in a house. That number goes up, you know, 12, 18 plants, you know, 24 plants. You know, you're, you're, you're just limited depending upon how many people are there. So say it's you and you got two roommates and you're in a three-bedroom place, you know, obviously you're going to have more than six. You're going to have 18 plants. And I can tell you, you know, it's, hell, 18 properly grown plants and five-gallon buckets in a bedroom. You can pull down, you know, many pounds of top-grade bud. And, and that's more than enough for most people's use. Plus, you're able to go buy it legally and you're able to transfer it to each other. So, you know, there's just so many things that's going to enable and um, it's fun. You know, it's a lot of fun. It's, a, it's fun to take seeds, to buy new strains, um, you know, to trade amongst your friends, to, you know, to make your own strains. You know, there's nothing that's stopping you from making your own strains from, you know, from, from flowering out male and female plants and making well, that, your that, own hybrids that... or, or starting a seed bank for that matter. That that's how all the old school guys got started, yourself included. I mean, everyone's indoors and in yeah. houses out of a necessity. There there weren't Start these big three hundred thousand like, square just foot. Like PJ Short. Yeah, you know there weren't three hundred thousand square foot facilities that were state regulated. You could just walk into and start doing things. Right. I mean, people had to do it yeah. in the shadows. Yeah, how our first our first clones we ever got when I was growing back. Um, I had to be like 1998, 1999 when we first got like real clones from somebody, you know, that was like a a known named variety and was like a production clone. And, and I remember we had them under shop lights in a bathroom, you know, and so we had a room ready and, and that's okay. I mean, DJ short made, you know, he made blueberry in his closet. God bless him. And, um, excuse me. I said it when you're good, you're good. I used to play golf and, it doesn't really matter how damn good the clubs are or in this sense growing how, how good your operation is. Like if you're good, you're good. You're going to, you're going to do well no matter what. Right. Well, and, and today, you know, you've got, you've got a lot of advances in lighting and horticulture, you know, and just, just the nutrients and different grow media. Um, you know, the last time I grew, it was under led lighting and I used cocoa, you know, coconut fiber. And, um, really was really easy you know it was minimal power usage there was not much risk of a fire 
you know, the plants were healthy. They used less water. They used less nutrients. Um, you know, the yields were, were pretty much, you know, commensurate with, with HID lighting. And, you know, we, we want to help people out there. You know, I, I, I'll personally help people. I'll, I'll teach people, you know, we, we, we want to, we want to consult with people if they need help and they need getting, you know, they need help getting their garden set up and they need help growing. I mean, hell, this is, this is the number one indoor state, you know, in, in the country for, for cannabis growers. And it's always been that way. And um, I think that you're going to see some incredible genetics come out of the shadows and out of the closets. You're going to see strains like Crippy come back, you know, into the market. And um, for those who, you know, have lived in Florida for a long time, for those who were around in the 90s and early 2000s, you know that Crippy is, is legendary for a reason. It really is the best. Um, everything else is just rigged. That's what we always used to say. So, um, you know, it's exciting. These are exciting times. It's a really exciting times for the Sunshine State, and and I'm really I'm I'm proud and happy to be a part of it all. And I would just I would encourage everyone out there: don't break the law right now. Be careful. Don't get in trouble. You know, um, work with us. Work with work with Regulate Florida. Be an advocate. You know, um, help other patients. Help us raise money. Help us get signatures. Let's do this the right way. Let's change the law. Let's get this legal. And, and let's make this state better than ever. And um, it'll be just another reason to stay here and, and live in the sunshine state. I mean, we're already the best place in the country to be. And this is just going to make it exponentially better in my eyes. Oh, absolutely. There's a reason all these people are already clamoring to get to Florida to put in applications or buy companies. Um, a, it's the sunshine state. B, it's the right. sunshine state. And C... It's the Sunshine State. And it happens to be surrounded by water, beautiful beaches, and beautiful people. And like you said, the genetics from here are... I mean, if you've really been following like genetics and been online and following the breeders like Chris was talking about, then you know Florida has been home to some of the top genetics. Many that people associate with California or out west. Such as... Right. OG Kush. I mean... Yeah, that's Florida. probably the Prime biggest Kush. I mean the biggest name right now like Kush I would say is probably like I'm going to look it up probably, there's probably more strains with the Kush at the end of it than anything <laughs> else like that's how popular right. they are well, and, and, OG's and what's, one funny, of the what's funny about that Robert and you bring up you bring up an interesting point someone who knows about different land races and has done a lot of breeding and working with different strains you know Kush originally it refers to Hindu Kush varieties you know, right, out a of the Kush Mountain of the world. So it's um, you know, it's interesting now. Every everybody calls everything a Kush. You know, a lot of times it doesn't really even have Hindu Kush in it. Um, you know, OG Kush is an interesting cannabis variety. It's it's something that's definitely morphed into many other things. You know, it's a it's a cornerstone of many breeding programs and and other strains out there. But um, you know, there's a, there's a lot more than just OG Kush out there. I mean, you know, you've got your skunk lines, you've got your old haze lines, you know, you've got your, um, your pure Afghani lines, um, Northern Lights, you know, Northern Lights, obviously that's, um, a name that a lot of people are, are very familiar with. And, um, that actually came from, um, from Washington, um, a guy that was, uh, called the Indian bred that originally. And it was a pure Afghani. It was an inbred Afghani line. But eventually, Thai was introduced into it, and um, 
you know, later went over over to Europe to the uh, Sensi Seed Bank. But, you know, there's a lot of really amazing and incredible varieties out there and different combinations and polyhybrids and all of these, you know, different flavors of the month now that are out there. And it's going to be great for people to be able to try different strains and, and grow them at home. Or if they don't want to grow them, go to their local dispensary and, and buy it. You know, say you're having a bad week and your back aches, you know, and maybe you were golfing, you know, or fishing too much. And then you pulled something, you, you might go to your local dispensary. You might go come down to sunshine, you know, the sunshine dispensary and come and talk to me, Chris sunshine and say, Hey, Chris, I need something, you know, for, for the pulled muscle in my back. And, you know, I need a good indica and I need something that's going to help me sleep. And I'm going to say, well, Hey, you know, we've got sunshine Kush, you know, <laughs> nothing better. And, and legally buy yourself, you know, a quarter ounce of sunshine Kush. Or you might say, hey, I need something to focus. You know, I need something I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I'm working on a project and, and I don't want to be, you know, put to sleep. I don't want to be a zombie. I don't want to be zoned out. You know, I'll say, hey, Sunshine Haze is for you. You know, that's got Hawaiian and Thai genetics in its background and a little bit of Florida grapefruit bred into it. So, you know, there's, there's an incredible variety out there and people have the right to choose. People have the right to go to a store and in a dignified manner and buy this plant, buy this flower that comes from the earth, just like you can go to, you know, Walgreens and buy a, a, you know, a bottle of Advil and cannabis is exponentially safer. You know, it's, it's 10,000 times safer than drinking alcohol. It's, it's a million times safer than smoking tobacco. And, um, you know, then, then you look at Florida, you look at, the problems we've had with drugs and with pills and opiates. And it's been an you know, epidemic here. And, and a lot of our veterans are affected by that. You know, that's, that's another thing is we're, we're home to a large, large population of 1.5 million. Right. So, um, you know, our, our veteran population is close to the population of some States in America. Oh, more than, more than some States, more than a lot of States, actually. You know, you're a veteran. I mean, you serve this country with honor and, um, yeah, I know you have PTSD and I know that, um, you know, you've been through a lot in life and I know cannabis really helps you. I know you because I love you and you're a good friend of mine and you're like a brother to me. And I know without cannabis, you'd probably have to turn to pharmaceuticals, you know, even just to get to sleep at night. Oh, a hundred percent. And that's, you know, a lot of people out there don't have, they don't have the option. So, yeah, man, I was on them. I, I mean, it started off being prescribed them, you know, and taking them orally. To where at the end I was snorting pills that were six times as strong as the ones that were initially uh, prescribed to me. And I was taking 10 of those. So I was actually taking 60 times my original prescription. That's what That, that was like a decade of progression. That was an opiate? That was opiates. Um, I was also taking Xanax... Uh, on and off, depending, uh, or colonopin, which, as you know, are both benzodiazepines, same class. Uh, I was also taking Flexorils or Soma. Yeah, so I mean, they had me. They had me pretty hooked up, man. You know, did did the cannabis get you off those pills? I mean, was it was it cannabis that would that, or or did you just go cold you know, I mean, how did you do it? <clears throat> I guess I'll be honest, since it's so early in the morning on Memorial Day, cannabis did get me off those pills. 
But for everybody listening, it cannabis didn't. It, it was the choice I made to actually give cannabis a real shot by itself because I was using cannabis um, also while I was consuming these other drugs. And, and I credit my cannabis use through those times with not having gone harder on the drugs. Um, Educate, empower, and engage in the evolution of the cannabis industry. Join thousands of industry professionals on August 3rd and 4th in Miami, Florida for the return of the U.S. Cannabis Conference and Expo inside the Hyatt Regency in downtown Miami. Register before May 1st for an early bird discount of 50% off now at usccexpo.com. That's usccexpo.com. Join us for the 2019 U.S. Cannabis Conference and Expo August 3rd and 4th in Miami. Register now at usccexpo.com. Expo.com. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. They have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA-free and lead-free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold so it seems like a smart investment look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout north america and ask for the original fabric container find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com Educate, empower, and engage in the evolution of the cannabis industry. Join thousands of industry professionals on August 3rd and 4th in Miami, Florida for the return of the U.S. Cannabis Conference and Expo inside the Hyatt Regency in downtown Miami. Register before May 1st and an early bird discount of 50% off now with the promo code SPOTIFY at usccexpo.com. That's usccexpo.com. Join us for the 2019 U.S. Cannabis Conference and Expo August 3rd and 4th in Miami, Florida. Register now for 50% off with promo code SPOTIFY at usccexpo.com. So yeah, short answer is yes. Cannabis absolutely replaced all those in the end. That's all I use now. Um, I I do use tobacco as well. Do you have any prescriptions? Are you prescribed any kind of opiate or benzo, anything? No, I don't even have a primary care. Uh, I'm not prescribed anything. Nothing. But yeah, absolutely, wow. if I didn't use cannabis, I would either need to probably constantly run on a treadmill for all like the nervous and anxiety that I get or be on prescription drugs. Because I, I, can't, I can't talk it out. I've tried. Right. There's no amount of talking well, in the that, world. <laughs> right. And that's where cannabis comes in because the way that it works, and you know this, but some of the listeners out there may not know, you know, everybody has an endocannabinoid system and the way that this plant works with your body and with your natural receptors, the THC is actually a replica nearly of anandamide, which is your body's own bliss molecule. Ananda means bliss. And your body creates this own natural substance that's called an endocannabinoid. So THC actually boosts the levels of that by acting as this natural replica of anandamide in your body and attaching to the receptor sites in your endocannabinoid system that's found throughout all cells in your body, throughout your organs, throughout your brain, um, every part of your body, you know, and everybody's different. Some people have different, um, you know, receptor density, different layouts, 
um, you know, different experience levels with cannabis. That's why some people need to microdose cannabis, you know, and a couple milligrams will work great getting them to you know, sleep at night or helping with, with chronic pain or anxiety. Other people need hundreds of milligrams. And um, again, you know, the limitations that, that are in place currently with, with Amendment 2, the way that it's been enacted, the way that they've constructed this framework now that, that really you know, severely limits people's rights, um, in, in my eyes, you know, I, I, we're not getting what we really voted for. And there's so many people out there. I mean, I was just at the dispensary the other day, I actually was at Cureleaf in Lake Worth, and it was buying their new CO2 um, banana kush uh, vape cartridges, actually. It's really, really good. And, and I normally only use products from Leaf, and I love everything from Leaf, but Cureleaf has some, some great stuff. And I was buying the new banana kush uh, CO2 oil cart. And there was a gentleman next to me. He was an older gentleman and he wanted to buy something. I forget exactly what he was buying, but they were trying to explain to him. He didn't have enough milligrams or like your doctor only gave you 10 milligrams a day. You don't even have enough left on your recommendation oh to buy this. And he couldn't buy it. He couldn't buy what he wanted. And he was so confused. He was, he was an elderly gentleman. He was with his elderly wife. Well, the funny thing I offered, I said, I said, Hey, I said, can I, can I buy them? I said, can you take it off my milligrams? And of course, you know, they couldn't. And, and I would have, you know, and, um, thinking back, I, you know, I should have, nope, no patient to patient transfer well, in Florida. You know what? Thinking back, I mean, hell, I, I, I wish, you know, had he not left hell, I probably would have bought one and given it to the poor guy. I mean, he, he was an elderly guy, you know, he probably wanted it for pain and he couldn't buy what he wanted because he got a doctor. And had no freaking ass clue why he couldn't. Because nobody right, had told no him. Clue, didn't understand. No one explained it. I mean, now the people there were explaining it. Right, right. But job. I'm saying, really, you know, the, the doctor's thing. office, the doctors, right. I'm sorry, I got to go on a rant. The doctors right now are giving this program a bad name, and it's not all of them. Yeah. And they're doing shady ass shit like this. We've got some good doctors out there. No, no, no. There's far more good ones than bad ones. But what I'm saying is everyone, like, the um like the Mel Simblers and they talk about the, the neon signs and the dispensaries and this and that. The only bad yeah, things that light. anything I've heard is going on is from doctors. And it pisses me off because you know, this is like the one part of our society you're supposed to trust the most. The people that have your life in your hands. And it pisses me off when people Well and they're get not they're off. not educated. I mean and and, you know, I don't remember voting. Did you vote for a for a, a limit on milligrams? I mean, did, do you remember voting for that to, to get 10 milligrams a day of THC from a doctor that, that doesn't know what the hell cannabis is? My check mark would have had Master P in it. That would have been my limit. Right. right. So, you know, it, it's incredible to me that now, they, you know, they've created this this infrastructure where you have to have you know, a modality, you know, is it inhalation, you know, is it, is it, you know, oral, sublingual, I mean, you know, is it topical? Um, my mom is a patient. I actually took my mom um, down to the Truly dispensary. And I remember she wanted to buy their topical because Truly, I mean, everybody knows they do have the best topical. I have you used it, the, um, the high THC topical. Nah, brother, I can't because you only have two modalities and I get oral and inhalation. Right. So my mom had, had oral inhalation and she couldn't get the topical because it wasn't marked on her recommendation. It, well, real quick for anybody listening, there's a hack to that. And what I did was I took True Clear and I mixed it up with some coconut oil and a couple other essential oils. And I just made my own topical. However, I would have right. rather just had the nice, you know, pre-made topical in a jar. I rub on. I don't have to 
melt into coconut oil and do all this extra stuff. Right. Make a mess. Not to mention, I think technically what I did was illegal. It, how ridiculous is that, bro? Right. Well, what about, we, we, I make gummies. I mean, it's no secret. Sunshine gummies, everybody's seen pictures of them online. I love making gummies. I mean, I've perfected it. Our sunshine gummies, I mean, I can't wait to be able to retail them and I can't wait to be able to offer them to, you know, to, to adults and patients here in Florida. But I make a damn good gummy. And I mean, I've used the distillate oil from Truly, which is how I started making my own edibles. And um, they're incredible. I mean, I, I love the nine pound hammer. True clear. It's it's probably one of the best products on the market to to fight insomnia and get you to sleep at night. And uh, now also you can get you can get really good oil and distillate from Cure Leaf. And um, you know, living in Palm Beach County right now, you know, I'm I've been going down to the local uh, the Cure Leaf store in Lake Worth if I if I you know don't have the time and don't want to deal with traffic driving down to Miami True Leaf. But um, hopefully there will be more True Leaves in South Florida, um, you know, in short time. But um, what about that? I mean, that's a very gray area. You know, are you allowed to take this this distillate oil and and make another form, make something completely new and different with it and carry it around with you? You know, what happens when I get pulled over and I've got a gummy or two in my pocket and it's not in its little tube, you know, with the little label on it? I mean, how does that work? What if it's a, you know, what if it's a police officer who doesn't know the law you know, or is confused or, you know, is a rookie and he's like, oh, no, you're getting arrested. You know, it's a it's a, you know, it's a felony. I mean, it's not, I'm a patient. It's, it's my legal medicine, but law enforcement is, is not educated for the most part. Some of them don't even have access to the registry to, to check patient numbers. And, um, you know, the, for anyone to be limited in, in what modality they can use cannabis, you know, that can vary from day to day, you know, and for, for people to only be able to, you know, buy a product based upon a, you know, a, a milligram limit. I mean, that's, preposterous you know and i don't use that word very often that is preposterous it is absolutely ridiculous that is nobody that i know of voted for that when i marked yes on amendment two and when i pushed that when i pushed it on people and i got signatures and i worked my ass off and spent years of my life trying to help get that passed in in no way shape or form did i think that the state of florida was going to have people limited to how many milligrams of THC they could use a day by their doctor and what they could buy at the dispensary. I mean, what, what the hell kind of parallel universe are we living in? This is like the, like the twilight zone. I mean, there should know? at least be and a minimum set to where you could at least order a vape cart. You should be able to buy whatever you need, period. Right. And I know you, I know you agree with that. Oh yeah, man. I think but people should be slinging Turkey bags right over the counter. Right. Right. And, and, you know, luckily with this ruling now, I mean, God bless John, you know, John Morgan, he spent millions and millions of dollars on, on getting amendment two passed, and he's fighting, you know, he's fighting still for the patients. He's not yet behind regulate Florida. Um, you know, we've reached out several times. Um, at this point, I think he's probably waiting for us to get Supreme court review. I would implore John, if you're listening or, you know, one of John's family members, we need you guys behind Regulate Florida. We need to solve this once and for all. But, you know, at least let's give some credit to John Morgan. Um, seriously, big shout out to John Morgan for still fighting for patients. He spent millions and millions of dollars to fund United for Care and to get Amendment 2 passed. And now he's still fighting for our rights and for our right to smoke. And, um, you know, if you, if you want to learn more about that, you can go, you know, click on the hashtag anywhere on Facebook. If you see no, you know, no smoke is a joke or you can go on floridamarijuana.net. 
I know Roundtree has, um, you know, a lot of the, uh, the recent news articles and, you know, the uh, up and coming stories regarding that, but the judge did side with, uh, with John Morgan and, um, and his clients and our constitutional right to smoke marijuana. Because you know, judge Geevers knows that no smoke is a joke. And you know what? I've been working on a little video meme. I know you've already seen it, but everyone listening, you'll see it at some point. John Morgan and obviously the other person who just gave it to the state, Mr. Joe Redner, Love beat, Joe. Up, beat up beat the up Department of man. Health in the video. This is bad. Yeah. Morgan, John Morgan is a boss. Oh, he's Redner on a whole other level, dude. He told... He, he, he put out a tweet that told Rick Scott to grow brass ones and basically get with the program. It went viral instantly. Well, Rick Scott Rick Scott needs to grow himself some good indica because his eyes eye look like they're about to pop out of his head. Every picture I see of the guy, he needs he needs some stress relief. He looks like Bat Boy. Well, God bless him, and you know what? I, uh, I appreciate John Morgan. Oh, God bless him, too. I don't wish a bad thing to him, no matter how many people he keeps hooked on opiates and in prison. You know, I'm not wishing anything bad like that to happen to him, but he looks like Bat Boy. Yeah, well, I'm not disagreeing with you, but I'm, I'm just saying that, you know, John Morgan, John Morgan has definitely come through. I mean, you know. Man, I wish he would have run for governor. He would have been the first Democrat I ever voted for. I know. Well, I was everybody was going to vote for him, but you know, it's just not in the cards. But I wish, I wish John would, you know, would stroke a check for regulate Florida. I mean, we can solve all of these problems. All of this madness can literally be solved, and all of this, you know, litigation in court. I mean, it, you know, remember, um, these are taxpayers' dollars hard at work. You know, the the state is spending our tax dollars to fight our own constitutional rights. That we voted no, for. I mean, like, how insane is that? Yeah, how no, insane is that? Joe, Joe Redner and John Morgan are literally fighting themselves. Like some of the money that's being used to fight them in the courtroom was paid for by their taxes. It's unbelievable, man. It's unbelievable. That, that's crazy, right? So, I mean, and you know, that's not that's not the sunshine state that, that, that I want to live in. You know? No, no. You know what I just saw? Um, they're both going to be in. They're both entitled to attorneys' fees, like costs, basically. Good, good. Well, I hope they get their money back, and I hope that. I know, but that's a, that's another double-edged sword, right? Like, I hope they get their money back. Great, we just pillaged more money from the taxpayers. It's so crazy right. that this has to happen. It is, and and that's that's what I'm saying. I mean, the money that's being spent on these court cases. They could fund regulate Florida and, and get the signatures we need and guarantee we get this on the ballot. And we know everybody's going to vote for it. So, you know, it's kind of a no brainer. But again, you know, I would implore John, um, regardless of what's been said or who's friends with who or, or what, you know, business arrangements are made here or there or anywhere. I, I mean, get behind regulate Florida. Please get on board. We need support. Everybody out there listening. Call John Morgan's office. Send him an email. Ask him to help support Regulate Florida. That's that's my that's that's what I want. Everybody, you know, everybody out there is always asking me how can they get involved. What what can they do to help help us raise some money because we can't do this for free and I can't pay for it out of my pocket. I mean, hell, I'm trying to pay my bills and, and put food on the table, put gas in the car, and uh, you know, unfortunately, we're not uh, independently wealthy yet. But if I was. You know, I would pay for it out of my own pocket, but we need someone out there. We need a primary donor. We need 
you know, an, an angel investor to invest in this state, you know, and to invest into the people and invest into freedom. And uh, you want to make a difference in this world. You want to make a difference in Florida. You want to make a difference in, in the lives of millions and millions and millions of good people. Bring us the cash. We'll get it done. And it's just as simple as that. You know, that's, that's what we're out to do. We're going to legalize adult use cannabis in Florida. We're going to legalize home growing and, um, we're going to make this right for everybody so that people have the right to choose. And not everybody's going to use cannabis because cannabis isn't for everybody, but you at least should have the dignity to be able to go down to a dispensary, legally buy it, just like you go buy anything else, just like you would get a prescription from a doctor and be able to go down to a pharmacy and, and get an antibiotic or, or get a painkiller if you really need it. You know, sometimes there's situations that warrant that. But why shouldn't good, hardworking adults or retired adults or people who have illnesses or people who are healthy, you know, why, why shouldn't they be able to go down to the local dispensary uh, and buy it or, or grow their own? It's very therapeutic. You know, I can tell you that as uh, somebody who's suffered from anxiety and some depression my whole life, you know, especially from the loss of my father and different things that I've, that I've uh, you know, weathered through life. I've, um, I've always found some, uh, some peace and some serenity and purpose in growing. And, um, I know I've told you a lot of times, you know, I, I always feel like something's missing, like not having a garden, you know, not having plants to take care of. It's a part of me missing. And it's a very Zen, you know, it's a very Zen experience to be able to take care of your plants and, um, you know, know that you're, you're nurturing them and you're caring, you know, you're caring for them. And, you know, even if you're alone, you know, say you're, a senior citizen, somebody who lives alone, maybe on a fixed, you know, fixed income, you can't afford to go buy stuff at the dispensary, not really sure what to do with your time, you know, maybe you're bored, tired of watching TV. Having a garden is educational, it's fun, you know, it, it keeps you sharp, you have to remember to, to water the plants, you got to remember to take care of stuff, you got to pay attention to details, you got a reason to go to the store and get supplies, you know, it, it, it definitely engages you and, um, you know, I believe that it, um, you know, it, it can probably help a lot of people just like a service animal. You know, there's, there's different things that the people with, uh, you know, say early dementia or people who have PTSD or people who maybe have, you know, some kind of personality disorder or mental illness, you know, I, I believe that they can benefit from the therapeutic action of gardening, you know, and not just cannabis. I mean, you can grow many things. Hell, I've grown my own tea. I mean, it's no secret. I love tea. I'm a big tea drinker. I've actually grown my own tea plants and you know, it was, it was amazing. And, um, I highly recommend that if you, if you have not grown anything, get into gardening. I mean, we live, you know, we live in a state where we pretty much have a year round grow, growing season. You can grow pretty much anything in Florida. I've grown orchids. I've grown orange trees. I've grown, you know, 80 pound watermelons. You can grow anything here. And, uh, with cannabis, you know, you've got a year round growing season as well. And then there's auto flowering strains, you know, that's, that's another incredible thing is that if you don't want to be involved with, you know, cloning and, you know, photo periods. And for those out there that don't know, you know, cannabis is a photo period um, flowering dependent strain. So it doesn't start producing florigen and going to flowering until the plant receives a critical amount of darkness. And um, unless it receives that uninterrupted darkness, it won't start flowering, won't produce, you know, the, the buds that everybody knows. So um, you can actually get auto flowering varieties now that just flower independent of a photo period. They can be under constant light and start flowering. And they, um, 
they're age dependent because of the um, cannabis ruderalis genetics that they were made with. And, you know, there's been so many advances in breeding and varieties. And, and like I said, you know, there's LED lighting now and it's very safe. It's got, uh, you know, nominal power usage. There's very low fire risk. You know, all, all of these things that used to make growing indoors, you know, um, potentially risky business, you know, a lot of those, a lot of those issues have been solved and overcome. And um, indoor growing is definitely, um, you know, it's reached a critical mass in this country. I mean, there's so many places out there now to get seeds and, and genetics and there's all these you know, quote unquote breeders popping up and, you know, recombining everything and coming out with all these crazy crosses. And it's, it's, um, it's interesting times, but um, I, I think that everyone here in Florida, for the most part, is just is tired of living in a police state, tired of seeing their friends and family or having themselves, you know, persecuted for a plant. People are thrown in jail. I mean, life's ruined. 40,000 years in Florida. Yeah, can you imagine? I mean, you know, thankfully, this, this has never happened to myself when I was growing and probably because I wasn't selling it to anybody, you know, so I never ran into these situations but you know imagine you're you're just a you're a good person you know you got a relationship maybe you're married you got kids and your doors kicked down you know you're dragged out of your house your personal belongings are taken you're thrown in jail you know you got to get an attorney you're charged with all these crazy crimes you know and then they they make you out to be like jack the ripper because you have some plants in a you know in your back bedroom or in your closet i mean it's it's insane it is absolute insanity and um we can't allow that anymore you know we can't allow people to be put in jail in cages like an animal for growing a healing plant that that can cure cancer you know and and that's not saying it can cure every cancer but i'll tell you what if you've got skin cancer and you put cannabis oil on it it's going to heal and it's going to grow healthy new pink skin and it's going to scab off and I can tell you, my good buddy, my good friend and fellow board member, um, you know, on Regulate Florida, on the Regulate Florida team, Robert Platshorn, everyone out there knows him as Bobby Tuna. He, uh, he gets skin cancer on his hands and arms all the time, um, you know, because he spent so many years out fishing on boats and, you know, in the sun and down in Miami. And he gets skin cancer and he successfully has treated them and cured them with topical cannabis oil, with Rick Simpson oil. That is oil made from whole cannabis flour with ethanol, with alcohol. And um, it's a miracle. You know, it's a miracle. And I tell you what, if I got, I mean, hell, if I, if I got something on my nose or my arm or hand, I mean, my, you know, the first thing I would do would be put cannabis oil on it. And, and imagine people like Joe, you know, Joe Redner, and he's, he's juicing cannabis, you know, for the, for the raw THCA. He's using it to manage, you know, a chronic condition to treat his cancer. And he's fighting for his life and, and the right and ability and the ability to grow this plant. And technically, under Amendment 2, it, it does give him the right. It defines, it defines the, the plant. It, de, it defines you know, all parts of the cannabis plant in the statute. And um, technically, legally speaking, I mean, according to the Constitution, as a patient and his doctor agrees, you know, he, she should possess the whole plant, the live living plant. He damn sure should be allowed to grow, but why just let you know? Why just let Joe Redner grow? What about everyone else? You know why? Why can't why can't all the other Floridians grow? You know why? Why are people right now in Colorado 
in California and Washington and all these other states. I think everybody should right. be able to grow. Why, why are they allowed to? I actually think there should be community gardens. Right, absolutely, and collectives, and, you know, there should be sharing of genetics and, and knowledge, and, you know, it's, cannabis brings a lot of people together, and cannabis is a plant that's about peace and about love and about unity, and, um, you know, I mean, it, God, just look at, look at, go to, go to a concert. I mean, I, I actually was at a, I was at a show earlier here in South Florida. I went and saw Cypress Hill and a friend, um, a friend got me some tickets and, and left them for me at roll call. And I went with a couple of my buddies and we saw, we saw Bone and Cypress Hill and two live crew and, you know, some, some other old rap groups from the nineties. And I like a, you know, wide variety of music. I listen to a lot of reggae, mostly nineties music, but, um, like rap and hip hop equally. And we had a great time. It was, you know, nobody was out there fighting. Nobody was mad. Nobody was angry. I didn't see anyone getting in any arguments or getting each other's faces. Everybody was smoking weed. It was like, it was legal. I mean, and, and the cops didn't bother anybody. It, there was a fog over the crowd and everybody was having a great time. And, and I didn't even see much drinking and they had, you know, they had the beer, um, the little beer booth there, you know, and you could buy drinks and alcohol. I didn't really see many people drinking, but I saw a lot of, I saw a lot of weed smoking going on. And, you know, that's, that's consistent with, um, with the cannabis experience. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't make you want to fight and argue with people. And it doesn't really cause a lot of drama. The only drama that it causes is in the industry, you know, the infighting where people can't decide what, you know, what, what side to pick. And the fact of the matter is, there's really one side and it's the side of it's the green side. I mean, it's, it's it. It's like either you're for legalization and you're for people's rights and you're for the plan or you're not. And, um, you know, the people that I involve myself with and, and my circle and people I consider friends and, and good fellow humans are, are normally those with common sense who understand that even if they don't use cannabis, you know, they they don't want to infringe on someone else's right to use it. And, and, and to have it because that's the thing is, um, you know, you don't have to use cannabis. You don't have to smoke cannabis. You don't have to grow cannabis. You know, you don't have to have even ever touched or seen cannabis to still support this movement on, on a, on a fundamental basis, on a humanitarian basis, understanding that this is a plant, this is something natural. And, and this really is healing and helpful, helpful for many people. And it's a far, far, far better thing than using dangerous, um, you know, synthetic prescriptions and opiates and um, way safer than tobacco. I mean, I, I can't tell you how many people I know that still smoke cigarettes and I guarantee you it'd be a lot easier for them to quit if they could just go down to the, to the local corner store and buy them a pack of Marlboro Greens and then smoke that instead of smoking tobacco. You know, like I said, I, I lost my dad to, uh, to cancer from cigarettes and I can guarantee if he was just taking a couple bong hits nightly um, he probably would still be here with us, but you know, God rest his soul. Unfortunately, he's not. And, um, we didn't have Rick Simpson oil at the time. You know, we didn't have any plants. We didn't have any sources. We didn't have any ability, you know, to, to get anything. And, um, you know, he didn't make it. And, uh, it wasn't even the cancer that killed him. It was the chemotherapy and it was the wasting syndrome and, you know, inability to eat, um, weight loss, you know, just, um, ravages your body and and that's the reality of modern medicine is that we wait till people are sick we wait till people are dying to treat them you know symptomatically whereas you know eastern medicine is more about prevention and and 
decreasing inflammation in the body. And that's one of the amazing things about cannabis is that it's not just the THC. It's also the CBD, which is, you know, the biggest acronym of the century currently. And uh, CBD is an incredible anti-inflammatory substance. And um, it's got a lot of medicinal properties on its own. And that paired with THC and all the other terpenes and, you know, sesquiterpenoids and different components of the cannabis plant, there's hundreds of them. Uh, that they work synergistically, you know, and everybody has heard the entourage effect. And if you haven't, the entourage effect is, is the effect that you get from using whole plant medicine. And, um, you know, unfortunately patients don't really even have access to that right now. I mean, there is some limited, well, there's some limited form. I mean, you know, as you know, you can get the, the vaporizer cups from true leave, which have really good whole flour in them. You know, big, big shout out to True Leaf for that. I absolutely love their flower cups. Their, their white buffalo was, was incredible, to say the least. Really, really good flower. But, um, you know, people can't go buy bulk flour. I cannot go down to a dispensary and, and buy a quarter pound of flour to take home and, and make myself some, you know, some, some FICO with, you know, or some RSO. I can't, you know, I can't do that. I don't have access to that as a patient. And fundamentally, that's a problem. And, um, you know, not everybody wants to vaporize. Not everybody wants to, um, to eat it. You know, some people just want to do what the cavemen did. You know, they want to stick in a pipe and smoke it, you know, roll it up in a, in a piece of paper and light it. And that's their right to do, you know, that's, that should be their right. This is, this is America. I mean, we don't live in Russia. This isn't China. Why is the government making these decisions for us when we voted to legalize it? That's what I don't understand. I'm scratching my head. I still, I still don't understand because we got people in there that don't, they don't represent our interests and don't really represent the people. And they're not voting with us. You know, they're, they're voting against us in Tallahassee. They're voting for their own, you know, for their own agendas and not for the people. And um, that's why we got to get regulate Florida passed because that will legalize all forms of it. That will legalize it for all adults. It'll let you grow your own and it'll let everybody start their own businesses and sunshine cannabis will be one of them. And, uh, you know, we're coming soon to a sunshine state near you and I'm Chris sunshine. And, uh, definitely we just want to thank Robert Roundtree for having me on this podcast. Great podcast. Um, definitely enjoy going on his website. It's pretty much how I keep up to date on everything and know what's going on. I go on Florida marijuana.net. And, um, dude, you do, you really do a great job, man. I love you, brother. I really do, man. Since, and I know people may not know our story, but we've known each other since, since early on before, before this industry really started here, we connected online and, um, sunshine cannabis, I believe was the first link in the first company he put up on, uh, on Florida marijuana.net, if I'm not mistaken. Well, it was actually back then it, it, it was. And um, I don't remember when I first got Florida Medical Marijuana Treatment Centers.com, which is where it first, first went up. But this year on, or next year on January 1st, FloridaMarijuana.net will be six years old. Wow. Yep. That's awesome. We didn't just start doing awesome. this, folks. Right. No, it's been, it's been going on for a while. And hell, I mean, I started growing and I'm, when I'm I was I'm by no you know? means an OG in this game. You know, we're standing on the shoulders <laughs> of giants. People have been doing right, this for decades, right. gone to prison, they've died, they've lost their families, and here we are. Right. We're and carrying I, that torch. We're carrying that torch. Man. Yeah, 
just got to keep ter- carrying it forward and that's what I want everyone listening to the marijuana solution to take from this listen to Chris talk with me tonight and I, I really appreciate it is to continue to carry that torch forward and by the torch you need to carry the message make sure everyone around you knows why cannabis is important uh, make sure everyone around you knows there is a medical marijuana program the more pressure we can put on the program the quicker it will expand until regulate florida can get passed in 2020 and that's when we're going to do it we shall overgrow absolutely we shall overgrow, brother and definitely like you said carry that torch light up the darkness and and light the way light the way for others and uh let's just all keep on shining and then free this plant we know we all know it's the right thing to do so let's work together and get it done the marijuana solution would like to remind you to check out our sponsors after the podcast we're going to have links to them in the description. Our sponsors are TrueLeave, Sunshine Cannabis, The Smart Collective, Minorities for Medical Marijuana, and We Are Rare. Don't forget to check out those links in the description. And if you haven't done so already, go ahead and subscribe. Leave us a review. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.